Hey, everybody, and welcome to Comics and Cinema. I'm your host, Alex Klein, and here we are at the end of the line, at the end of time for Loki Episode 6, the final episode in Season 1 of Loki. Uh, Just so you are all aware, spoilers ahead for everything that we're talking about, including uh, the after credits, which there isn't any, uh, only that we're confirmed for a season two, which is fantastic. I have with me my good friend, Kevin Davitsky. Very excited to be talking with you, Kevin. Thanks again for joining us. Thanks for having me back, Alex. Uh, Ready to talk about this bonkers finale. (laughs) Yeah, uh, before we press record, I was going to start talking with you about uh, just how amazing this was. And I was like, you know, we need to just press record. Uh, what I was going to say was, it's, it's just amazing how, you know, so many things that we talked about throughout all of these episodes from the very beginning, there's a lot of things that we all got right, which I think is really cool collectively of like, you know, we, Kang, we guessed it. It's all there. We got it. Uh, there's a couple of other pieces as well that we'll get into that was like nice, like good confirmation for what we had discussed. But despite all of that, I love that this episode still kept us on our toes, even at the end of it. Like I, I just kept, I got major anti uh, WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier vibes. Maybe not so much WandaVision, but definitely Falcon and the Winter Soldier of, you know, this this felt like a season finale in that, there was so much that happened. There's so much we got. And then at the end, they're like, by the way, let's drop this in your lap. And it's like, oh my God, I need season two right now. Did you kind of feel that same way? I wasn't sure where, I, we I, we had kind of speculated on the last episode and what we talked about together of just like, well, like where is this going to go? Like what's going to happen? So like, I was still very much the half of the half mindset of, uh, would there be Kang? Would there not be Kang? Would it be the Loki variant or whatever? You know, so like all throughout the episode, I was just like one shocked as to see Jonathan Majors as soon as we did. Like when, like I'm sure we'll get to it in that moment, but like when that elevator door is opening up, it was like I was like, okay, who's it going to be behind here? You know, and then like going forward, it was like I just seeing him so soon, I was like, okay, something else is going to happen, or there's going to be something, another rug that's going to be pulled out from under us or something. So. Yeah, there was there was a lot happening, and um, I do agree uh, with some things I've seen and read that like it definitely was a very exposit expositional episode. Like, they, yeah. like they did a, like he did a lot of talking, but he but so it was I was glued because I uh, it was all at least for somebody who knows this material. I wanted to know okay what what's happening here? Why is he here? What's going on? You know, so like it wasn't too bad for myself personally but I could definitely understand for somebody who maybe was not as informed of who this guy is and like what it means for everything like just being like Harry like he's just talking and I'm just like I'm like it's coming in one ear it's going out the other like what like what's happening you know so um we'll probably get to that but yeah it was uh, definitely good and I I, enjoy, I feel like what you were saying it definitely felt like a season finale like that they definitely tied some things up but definitely left some breadcrumbs which to go into a future season but the good part about the mcu is that other properties are the future season you know so it's like it's going to be interesting to see what threads get picked up elsewhere first and then like what's left for a loki season two and whenever that does happen like uh where, when is it going to be i mean the loki timeline to speak of anyways is all kind of weird because of the whole um existing outside time and space but like would season two pick up right like shortly after loki's back or is it going to be after another property or you know so it's very interesting stuff to consider and 
figure out. So yeah, overall, very I, I, I enjoyed the finale. I thought it was uh, really good and maybe my favorite out of the three that I've released so far. Yeah, I uh, and and I, we'll we'll get to at the end of the episode. I think we'll we'll do a little bit of a dive on um, just our overall thoughts of this season and kind of comparing it to the other seasons. But uh, when when that elevator door opened, I audibly said, "All right, this is my favorite show of the three shows." Like I because you know, the, and I'd been talking about this on the show. I every episode, I was like, "Yes, episode one is better than the first episode of each of the others." I didn't want to jump ahead and say it was my favorite season just yet, but the minute that uh, he who remains showed up. Uh, I was like, okay, yep, this is my favorite of the three shows so far. And it's going to be very hard for another. I mean, if anyone can do it, Miss Marvel can pull it off. And WandaVision got damn close because I, I definitely enjoyed as a as a property WandaVision more than Falcon and Winter Soldier. As like a Marvel thing, I, I'd still go to Falcon and the Winter Soldier because of all the action. But when you look at now with all the Emmy nominations that WandaVision got, like it's just, it's a no-brainer how, how great WandaVision is too. But this just, I mean, this, this tact all the boxes for me like I, i'm obsessed with time i'm obsessed with universes multiverses all that stuff and so not only that but my eyes were obsessed with this show this episode of all of the just the color palette and especially and we'll get to it at the very end when the timeline breaks and uh just the visuals that they showed were literally out of this world and something that i would argue with anybody was probably some of the best cgi in the mcu so far which again, doesn't make sense for it being a Disney plus show. So uh, yeah, let's dive right in. Um, I took some notes on some, some spots and so we'll, we'll hit on it. I like this episode because while so much happens, not a lot does. It's a very uh, contained episode. There's only like a few different set pieces, I would say. Uh, but it opens up with one of the weirdest things that I've ever heard in the best way. I, I was like, wait a second, why are they playing? Uh, I'm like, that's cap song i'm like that's cap song okay why but but i just heard captain marvel i just i'm like wait a second and so i was try. i i hadn't seen a single spoiler for this show and so i didn't know and i i i'm thinking to myself i was like oh no what if it's old man cap in the castle and that's what we're getting to i was like even that i'm like they could pull that off and i would have been okay with it but we start seeing all of these voices we start seeing all of the songs and suddenly we see the sun kind of pull back in the the galaxy and we see earth and the other planets and suddenly it gets even further out we see you know some satellites a weird spaceship all kinds of stuff that opens up into what they're showing as a universe and then that universe expands and there's a second universe next to it and that universe has different songs playing and i loved that because i was like immediately just like can i go in that universe and see like what guardians of the galaxy what do they look like in that universe to where they're playing I don't remember what the song was, but it was, I was like, oh, that's such a great song. And uh, so that started going and then it kind of zooms in and suddenly we are inside of the sacred timeline. And so we get some explanation from uh, He Who Remains towards the end of this, but I just loved the visual representation of the multiverse and how they are explaining without saying a single word of like how this whole thing works. I'd, I'd ask you, did you get how it worked when this bit came or were you kind of like, oh, like, cause there was a bit of me where I was like, well, wait a second. Like I saw some people saying that like, oh, is Loki in a different universe? And I was like, well, that didn't, that doesn't make sense. I think it was just showing all of these universes are all along the sacred timeline. But did you, did you see anything else? Uh, 
well, I'll start by saying I, I very, I really enjoy. This is probably the best Marvel Studios opening that we've ever gotten. Uh, just seeing this, this opening with all the various quotes and everything happening, it was great. Like as soon as it started, because uh, normally uh, in the opening you see uh, uh, the visual development sketches of uh, Cap and then uh, like Black Panther and uh, Black Widow and stuff. And so when we saw each of those photos, that's when we got like the lines of them. And then the kind of oh, like they were, so they were synced up. Some of the, the, the very beginning, yeah. When you see the Cap one, uh, like the I think he's his line was I could do this all day or whatever. And then like um, whatever Natasha's was and uh, Black uh, T'Challa's kind of forever and uh, whatever. And then so. Then, and then as it starts going into the logo, it like, it started like overlapping a little bit. And then whenever Captain Marvel comes in, in whatever letter she's in, I think that her line was there, but then it's like doing all that. So I thought immediately like that, that was the best opening for a Marvel Studios credits. Uh, I mean, yeah. the fanfare, the fanfare is amazing. Every time you hear it, you're like, let's F and go. But having this with the audio was great. And then, so then also, yes, yeah, so when it's uh, zooming out, then we're also getting like, uh, I saw an article of somebody say like real life heroes, like we hear Neil Armstrong and uh, Greta Thunberg uh, Thur and um, Malalia and stuff like, so those, that audio is in there as we're zooming out with the songs and then like we wow. get another, and then, yeah. And then, so then we're going, so then kind of what you were, to, to what you were saying though, was the way I interpreted it was you get the, the MCU logo, the Marvel Studios logo, and we're zooming out and like that's, the MCU that we're looking at in that first universe. And then what I found was interesting and how I interpreted it was the second one that we see is this is where Loki is at the moment. But it was also interesting to me when we zoom in on this second multiverse or a second universe within the multiverse that we hear Vision's line from WandaVision in that one at that moment so i'm so that to me was like okay does that imply that whatever uh uh wandavision like some of the constructs like the like the the soul vision as it was like is existing now in a like an alternate reality or well but but, all, but the thing though with that line was it's from the past of her memory you know so it, it's weird but in any event i thought it was interesting that that vision line was in that second zoom in um so and i think uh, based on kind of what I've been saying, I think based on what you're saying, me, you might have different interpretations of what this is. Um, I didn't really take it as it being, I, well, I do agree with you that there is one sacred timeline, as I kind of explained uh, last time you had me on. I, I took it to mean that wherever Loki and Sylvie are, or maybe just the way to get to the Citadel at the end of time is through this second universe or something. So I, I feel like, it, I think it was just a way to show that Loki really isn't in the MCU proper anymore, potentially. I, I don't know. I don't know if that's making sense to you or not, but that's kind of how I, especially because we had it such a clear, the Marvel quotes in the first one, the zoom out, and then a zoom in on the second one, which we hear the vision line, and then we also hear uh, then we also hear uh, Sylvie's um, open your eyes like right at the end and we're there at the Citadel, you know? So that's kind of how I was looking at it. It's very interesting, I, I think, and I hope that we have, and I've kind of seen it already of like, there's so many different interpretations of this. And I think that's to the show's benefit because that's obviously keeping leg time on the show of people still talking about it. 
Uh, I honestly don't know what the right answer is. And I won't say one person's wrong or over the other because it's so vague, but in a really good way. Like, I, I wonder if, because you got to think, think even further back, like how did they even get to the void in the first place, right? Like they got pruned and what does that, we still don't know what that means. Like we know that it, it dismantles your body and you reappear in this field, which we discussed of like, when you in Ant, you know, Ant-Man, you're going into the quantum realm, like you're going into a different space in time. So maybe it's the same as like vision. And again, I, I think it's so far above our heads right now that we are, it, I can't even comprehend it, but safe to say, they, again, they did a really good job of showing it all in like five seconds. And then you're like, okay, cool. So that's what this timeline is. And it's spinning around this castle and uh again like what a cool visual because you know if you think too hard about it you're like none of this makes sense like how is this thing even like where are they okay they're at the end of time where, what does that even mean and so we get some really great lines here as they're approaching the door um sylvie says something she says i was pruned before you even existed which I thought was a really interesting line because we never heard them talk about their existence before in that regard of like, how long has Sylvie been alive compared to Loki? Like, is, was she, you know, five years ahead of him? Like, how does she even know that, that fact? But then I thought this was even more interesting and maybe you caught this too. Before they go in, she says, I just need a second to get my head straight. And I was like, that's funny. Cause in, in the second viewing, obviously I was like, well, that's funny because you literally lose your head the minute that you get in there. I just thought it was funny that she's here talking to herself saying like, all right, I need to calm down and take a minute. And then when actually the time is needed and Loki's the one trying to tell her to calm down, she's not listening. And, and I just thought that was great, but they, uh, they kind of walk in and we get what some are saying is the scariest moment in the MCU, which I would argue, I would agree with. I got really scared. Miss minutes pops up and she's probably what three times as big as she normally is. She's like a full on thing. Uh, mm -hmm. what did you think about all that? And then also, yeah, cause I know you're, you're, you're Mr. Minutes at this point. What, what what is up with her? Because we that's a, we get that and we get her later giving some info to uh, to Renslayer. Obviously, she works for the the how to say the nameless one. He who remains. Right. I want I keep wanting to say Kang, but I'm trying to give the show justice because they never say the name Kang. Right. All they ever say is he who remains. I may just start saying Mister Majors because uh, Major yeah. Minutes. They're connected, obviously. But like, have you given any thought to how they are connected? Like, how does that even work? Is it through her, yeah. his tempad or something? Yeah, I'm. I, it's obviously something he must have created for some purpose, you know, when with creating the TVA or whatever. But um, to the first point, yeah, the when the when she just appeared, like, yeah, that was like a good old horror jump scare happening there you know and it was creepy and I, I find it at least to me whenever I see Miss Minutes like it's it's either something to do with her I think her eyes or the angle like when she appears like straight on as she did like she looks a lot more sinister to me and then but like other times like when we've seen her more at the angle or I guess whatever way her eyes are she her her like face changes slightly in the way I'm viewing like she looks yeah. more cartoony and like what well, like um the first time when loki is uh swatting her on the desk like she like she's the same person and like the eyes and it's like whatever they do with um i guess the, maybe the eye size or the direction or how the uh the black of the eyes are um rendered it like it changes the way that she she appears to me so yeah that like jump one was like her kind of like just like like wide-eyed and like looking at you and it was like oh my god and stuff um but yeah, what, like, so as soon as that happened, I was like, 
because I've been on the train of uh, yeah, Miss Miss Minutes is uh she's she's up to no good here, you know. So I was like, so I was like, okay, so like this is obviously before we've known anything, and I'm like, um, does uh like is she gonna like turn into like is there gonna be like a Miss Mit like is Tara Strong who voices her gonna like appear behind her as yeah. like like she's taken Tara Strong's uh, voice as the and like Tara Strong's the like whoever being Tara Strong is, you know? Um, so I was like that, but then, yeah, listening to her say, um, uh, she, well, she tells us where we are, the Citadel at the end of time, um, which is from the comics. And then also uh, she mentioned when Loki and Sylvia were like, uh, like, who's, who is this place? Who's here? She's like, uh, I think she says too, like he's gone by many names or whatever, but like he's, or he's the one who remains or something. Yep. She, she may have just said that. Um, so at that moment, I wasn't like, um, I didn't realize anything, but uh, having since re seen everything afterwards, I, I did realize that that term is the name of a character in the comics who's involved with the TBA, but is not related to the Kane character or, as well. So I thought that was a good way to like meld it all so that they're kind of paying homage to the comics of the TBA and such. But um, yeah, so in that moment, I'm like, oh God, like what's happening? And then yeah, seeing later her later in the episode, uh, when she's with Renslayer um, and she like popped back there and Renslayer is like, where were you? And she's like, oh, I was dealing with something. So it's, it's odd to think of her as like a singular being that appears um, like she can't, it, I figured there were like a bunch of Miss Minutes right, that could yeah. like just pop up, like, like you're a TVA agent out in this timeline and I'm one somewhere else and we both need Miss Minutes and like one could appear to each of us, you know? So um, I thought that was a little interesting, but yeah, as far as her creation, I haven't given it much thought, but obviously uh, he who remains built her to obviously to serve some function as maybe she's more of like his eyes, like down at the TVA and like reports back or like he can like feed information into her programming to like pass along message or, you know, so um, I hope she returns in some capacity, be it the second season or another uh, MCU property, just so we can get some more info from her and uh, about her and like what her purpose is and stuff. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's funny when, when I was watching it as well, that, that first time I, I hadn't fully guessed it was Kang, but I did say, uh, like, oh, he, because I knew who the he, he who remains was from prior, you know, spoiler casts and whatever they had talked about this character. And I was thinking to myself, when she said it, I was like, there's no way that's actually who it is because it's an old, like, it's a, it's a super old guy. Like, mm -hmm. it's not going to work. And I was just like, what if it's just Kang? And that's, that's like what he goes by. I was like, that would be perfect. And then the, you know, the elevator up and yeah. I was like, hell yeah, I'm, I got it. <laughs> and uh, from there, uh, we get we get a very interesting twist on a happy twist in my opinion. I know a lot of people, and I think we had talked about like, oh, it's possible that like the bad guy's going to be King Loki, or it was it was all and it was based on. I think we did talk about that because then I had said mm -hmm. like, remember like the Hulk getting edited out and all that stuff, yeah. which is literally what happened. Couldn't be happier about that, but more so, we still got the essence of that idea because Miss Minutes presents them with the future that they they deserve, the future that they right. want, and I loved that. So in a sense, she was playing the the King Loki. You can have it all, and I loved mm -hmm. the way that you know she's like, uh, you know, you want your own timeline done, and so she disappears. And the next scene we get is her going into Renslayer for the first time. Very quick shot, but what I I noted from this 
was that line. So she said she hands her or whatever. She's like, here's the info. I'm downloading it to your temp pad. And Ravona says, this isn't what I asked for, which again, I'm, if I'm remembering right, she asked for the creation of the TVA. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Who is behind it? And uh, yeah. what? Uh, who created the TVA and the beginning of the TVA? Yeah. And Miss Minutes says, I know, but he thinks this will be more useful, which is, I don't have no idea what, we don't know at all what it is. Like, I couldn't even guess what it's on there, but very interesting, because then we, we later, we'll dive into it later, but, you know, she has that whole conversation. And yeah, in this bit, isn't this the bit where uh, he comes back in, um, Mobius, at this point? Uh, a little later. It's is it later. the next one? Then it must yeah, be it's just, an, it's an, quick, an, it's just a yeah. quick clip of that. And so mm -hmm. then they walk in, and again, I immediately got uh you saw clone wars right yes yeah the scene in uh phantom apprentice where you know she walks in or they walk into the great hall on mandalore and maul is sitting in the throne mm -hmm. with his leg up and it's just that wide shot when that elevator mm -hmm. opened i got that exact same vibe and i was like this guy is a badass <laughs> like this is awesome i immediately was just like i mean obviously we, we probably both were just like it's it's here it's finally here like we knew it but we didn't know it and now it's confirmed jonathan majors is in the mcu he's here he's coming before ant-man and the minute I saw him, I was like, we got to wait till 2023 to see Ant-Man. So you know, though, by the end of this, like he, he he's definitely going to be in a ton of things, especially with the ending. But I just got to point out, I loved his sandals. I don't know why. <laughs> I was like, dude's got, he's killing those sandals. He's got a great outfit. It felt very Ozymandias from uh, Watchmen, but total king. Like it was perfect. He had the the neck, the colors. It was just, what, what did you feel? Like, what were you feeling when you saw all that? Yeah. So as I said, at the start, when uh, at this moment, like when we were waiting for the door, it's like, okay, like who's going to be, is it like, is it going to be that King Loki that we had talked about? Like, right, is it right. going to be, is it going to be him? Which we would mention, yeah, that those clips were in the trailer, but also um, I also was, saw this too that on the i guess what you would call the official season poster uh that's like your standard like everybody's on uh yeah. in various parts the king loki is like in the center of like the diet oh. like that's king loki is sitting there like on the you know so like whatever really, it's like they wow. really went like to yeah which i honestly completely forgot about uh, that i knew it was in the trailers but i forgot it was on the poster too and like that's not even there but yeah so in any event I'm like what's what's happening what's going to be coming up and it opened and it was Jonathan Majors. And I literally, when I was watching, I like did it like I did a fist pump. I was like, I was just like, Kang, 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 Kang. Like, 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 cause I was like, I was like, it's like he's, it's happening, you know, and stuff. And um, after the episode, uh, I had uh, Marvel.com's had a, a bunch of articles, they, which I, we had talked about previous week of how, like, like right when you watch it, it's like they already have this info up, like spoiling it or whatever, but like it's the end of the season. So, okay. So they have yeah. a bunch of articles up now and um, they had one with uh, talking with head writer, Michael Waldron. And the way he said it, it made it sound like uh, when it was f first reported that uh, Jonathan Majors was in the role that it was, he was, he, I mean, obviously he was appearing in Loki, but it sounds like Waldron and the Loki team were the ones that cast him, not the Ant-Man, not uh, Peyton Reed. And like, cause it j there was just a quote in, uh, the the like the pretty much the article that was like Jonathan Majors is here is like he he remains and he'll be appearing as King like he uh, Waldron was just saying yeah like when when I was looking for like the person or what you know it sounds so it sounds like the well obviously uh -huh. it's uh, Sarah Haley Finn who's the casting director on everything you know so she but uh, it sounds like it was 
maybe maybe the Loki and the Ant-Man teams both had says in the decision or something, you know, or versus at the previously we're like, oh, it's only probably the Ant-Man team or whatever. But um, yeah, that was a great, I'm glad that it didn't really get spoiled. There was a, he did have an interview, Jonathan Majors, like with Variety a couple weeks ago. And the interviewer was like, so what about potentially pairing on Loki? And he was just like, I don't know what you're talking about. It was just like, but it was also in print. So you don't know like how he like, did he pause? Did he like, was he like super yeah. quick, you know? So, but um, it did plant the seeds, but yeah, I was just like, okay, I'm ready. And from that moment on, I was waiting for them to say the K word in the, in the episode, you know, yeah. I was like, I was wait, I was waiting for them to say it. Cause, but once I, once we got into it further, which I figured, okay, so this isn't like Kang, it's obviously a variant of him, but I didn't know if they would actually just name drop it. So if anybody who was unfamiliar, like when he was doing his whole history thing, like if he would drop the name there just to be like, others go are known by as Kang or something like that. So if anybody who had been on the internet recently or knew the knew that Jonathan Majors was coming in Ant-Man and they heard that they might like, it might help them or something, you know, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, like you said, uh, it was a great uh, introduction to see him. And uh, I think the costume kind of looks like, uh, is it one of his uh, peop, uh, versions is in Mortis? Is, is mm-hmm. that the correct? Yeah. So I think people have been pointing out that like, mo- like from the neck down, because he doesn't have the big headpiece of a Mortis, but like, most of the costume looks mortis, but yeah, I got definitely uh, Ozzy Mandia's vibes as, as well with him and stuff. And he's eating an apple, which is just like he's just like chill, you know. He's like, "Hey guys, like, let's go out to my study and or yeah, he my says, office." He says, "Let's we'll, talk we'll, in my office." And yeah, I, I like the, like, the apple on. too. Was kind of like a callback. I saw someone talking about uh, like Adam and Eve, basically, of like mm. uh, Loki and Sylvie being Adam and Eve, and finally oh, okay. getting to the you know the tree of knowledge or sure. the apple of knowledge, and now they yeah. obviously there's no turning back. But yeah. and also uh, with uh, Doctor Strange, oh yes, much yeah, Doctor right. Strange, uh-huh. he does the time the the time stone with the apple fight, you know, so like time time related things, so. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely one of, uh, I mean, maybe this is recency bias, but like, I have not gotten that excited about an intro and in, I definitely didn't get excited about that for anyone in Falcon and Winter Soldier and Val. Uh, no, not that way. No, no, really. no, no, because even with Val was more of like a nice surprise. Whereas again, mm. when I saw that article, I was like, Jonathan Majors is going to be in the show. Like I knew he was going to be in there. I just kept purposely forgetting about it. So it still surprised me. Mm-hmm. And so it was one, it was more of the, the satisfied surprise of like, you know, when you, you're not too sure what they're going to get you for your birthday, but you're almost positive because you saw the Amazon receipt and sure. you're getting excited, you know, it's coming. And so you kind of just forget about it. But um, now we, we actually get another jump back and I will call this out because I, I definitely checked. Uh, he who remains shows up around 10 minutes and 30 seconds into the show. So it is quick. They jump right mm-hmm. into it and then they take you right back to the TVA. So we go back to, um, uh, uh, Mobius now confronting Renslayer and Renslayer's having I, and I, I it was funny I, I saw some saying that you know Renslayer still wasn't really well developed which I would say tune in for season two because it clearly seems like she's gonna have a bigger role I thought th- this was what I wanted from her like I, I could tell in some of the episodes in the way that she got upset that she had some range because I don't I, I've seen her in other things but it was never noteworthy. Like, I don't remember anything I saw her in. And I was like, I know she's, there's a reason that they cast her. And I thought this episode proved it. Like she, when she's yelling at him for like, you have no idea what I'm going through all that. I just, I was like, Oh, go off. Like 
wow, like she's, you know, screaming at him and he's, he's holding his own though. And explaining, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to prune you. <laughs> and she's like, no, you're not. And I loved that whole bit of it. And she, uh, which also at the same time though, she, he's like, it's over Ravona. Like, and I, and you know, you're kind of wondering, we were expecting, I thought maybe a little more from Mobius in this episode of explaining what his plan was and all of that. Again, probably going to be revealed in season two, but I love that we finally got the payoff for the pen. And she, you know, freaks out and says like, oh my, like what? And so I think this is the moment actually where they go back as well. And so B-15 and uh, some, I'm assuming some of them, we definitely see one, but takes them to the Fremont school and uh, it was Fremont, right? No, no, sorry, uh, Fremont, Ohio. Uh, but it yeah, was Fremont, the yeah. Franklin D. Roosevelt school oh, in 2018. Yeah. So I think that's, mm-hmm. that's significant too. I, I have a feeling something with Infinity War is there, but we'll see when it gets closer. But I loved this scene because- one of the things I hate the most is when the audience knows the deal and everyone in the show, it takes forever for them to catch up. And I, this was like the easiest thing, like, oh, let me just show you. Let me prove to you what's going on. Like, here she is. And she's like, what's going on? Her name is Rebecca Tormine. Uh, there's a T at the end. I'm assuming it's French or, or mm-hmm. something like that. But uh, Rebecca, yeah, and she she's a teacher at this school. And very interesting. So now we've confirmed that, yes, they are variants. We know that now for sure. And well, I guess we kind of knew with C20, but uh, I thought that was great. And then, but then that's it. That's the end of it. She says, uh, this is a lot like let's, let's deal with it. And I'm double checking. I think, oh yeah, we still haven't gotten to the, the, I always think it's in that scene, but it's in the second bit where she actually goes off. She doesn't actually get upset in this one. She's more, she almost is more scared and concerned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought this was great because it was, um, it was definitely uh, like Mobius's way of uh, being like, so yeah, the way I took it was because uh, B-15 is still, was still, uh, Red Slayer was still like, oh, B-15 can't be trusted. She was in that cell the last we saw her. I'm sure, yeah, Mobius must have found her, freed her, and then, like, he told her about, well, she are, has learned on her own about being variants and, uh, or having a life at, on Earth or whatever. So, <clears throat> so their plan, obviously, was to bring the squad, uh, I think his uh, the hunters. Uh, it's D ninety, I believe, yeah, is D90, the one that. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's been a, he's been in a couple of the episodes and more of like the, one of the other regular uh, men that we've been seeing. Um, yeah, to bring them and the squad to this uh, to this high school to try and catch B fifteen, but in doing so, uh, see, oh, here's this person who. I, I guess I guess the way to say it is will become Renslayer. I would assume. like because it's 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 very odd because of like the TVA existing outside of time and space really, and obviously Renslayer has been there a while, but obviously she still was on Earth through 2018, which is like I remember when we saw the um the the um the other hunter who had her her mind um C20 yeah um when we saw her thing and like at that point we were like okay these these people in the TVA like they've been here probably for eons or you know like for like eternity but then she was in like a like maybe a 80s 90s ish era at the bar in her memory like drinking margaritas or whatever you know and like and then when Sylvie later said oh yeah she was just a regular person on earth who liked margaritas I'm like that to me I got a little disconnect there because I'm like okay well so if this well, at that time, it was like if they were plucked or came from like the start of time or something, like obviously there wouldn't be margaritas or something. So seeing this with uh, Renslayer or Rebecca, as she's known at the school, like 
I guess shows that like, okay, these people are like living a life, like maybe like a full life perhaps. And maybe like, maybe there's some like moment like before they're kind of like uh, in the movie Soul or something like with the character, like he's gonna go like right before his like, like a death defying, mo a literal death moment or something like instead of going to the soul, like that Jonathan, uh, he remains is like plucking people who are like about to die or maybe as they're veering off into their variant path, you know, that's kind of when they get plucked, you know, as I'm saying that now, that's more probably what it is, not the first thing that I was saying. Uh, but yeah, probably as they're veering off, that's probably when he plucks them or something. So that leads it to believe of like, okay, what did she do at the school to make her veer off her path, you know, yeah. as it to be like, to be picked, to be picked up. Um, so yeah, it was really cool. And then, yeah, when the, it showed the shot of V15 with the diploma on the back, I, I paused it myself to try and like zoom in uh, and see, yeah. but I saw the article afterwards. And I think I read that that name is one that uh, Renslayer uses in the comics that oh, cool. as like a, as a alternate name or like a alias or something, I believe. So it, it is tied to the character, I believe. So I yeah. read that because I was curious of like, what does this name mean? So uh, mm -hmm. that's what I had found out. Yeah. Good catch, because I, I thought the same thing. I didn't dive into the name, but I was like, it's got to mean something. I'm sure somebody mm -hmm. knows. But I, I think, yeah, there's it's it's so hard to wrap like a human mind around the concepts of time. But, mm -hmm. you know, the way that I saw it is that all like Renslayer, that's I mean, that's Rebecca at that point. Like she's she lives a full life regardless on the sacred timeline. And they just got a variant version of her just like Loki. And so when they're going back to that moment, like, she would never, she's always going to be living those moments forever in her lifespan while Ravona is living forever outside of time. Cause I think she makes a mention to Mobius about like that they had been together for an eternity or yeah, something whatever like it was, yeah. it made it seem like it was a lot. And then that now <clears throat> I almost feel like that's confirmed it for me with uh, C20 because uh, Sylvie says that she had to go back hundreds of years to get to those memories and i was like so wait when and that's why it didn't make sense to me about the margaritas but so what it is is that in her real life she was enjoying margaritas and then spilled her drink and she wasn't supposed to and they took her up and she still got to live her full life but that variant has now lived for hundreds of years inside of the tva but that time doesn't matter because it's outside of time so like right. it is that time works differently but yeah. it's really hard to wrap your, your mind around yeah. It. So yeah if they've yep. been doing that sort of thing for thousands of years like that to me is just insane i mean but i guess it's the same as like they're outside of time. So at this point they're gardeners right like they're literally just trimming the bushes every month when they're they're doing their job um, so then we get back to the Citadel and we get some really great lines. This might be one of my favorite lines from the show, which is you're a flea on the back of a dragon. I love that line. It perfectly described how Loki has kind of felt and how honestly we have felt during this entire se this season of just like so much that we haven't understood. It really did feel like we were just hanging on tight on the back of it. He says that he knew everything. He, saw, he has seen everything. He's seen everything up to an absolutely specific point. I do want to call out to the music in this bit, the music in this series, obviously insane, but this moment reminded me a lot of also Watchmen of Philip Glass. That's kind of, if you've seen Watchmen, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The scene uh, where Dr. Manhattan is in uh, uh, on Mars creating his stuff uh, mm -hmm. felt kind of that same, like dun 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 dun, like it, uh, uh, Natalie Holt. She's just phenomenal. I, I hope she gets nominated for some things because this has just been an out in, in literal interstellar. Uh, there were some moments of that too, interstellar soundtrack. But 
we get a couple of things. Oh yeah. And so they kind of have a chit chat. We're going to get to the big conversation. They, they go back to Renslayer again. And that's where we get the, her actually going off screaming. She says the only person who gets free will is the one who is in charge, which I think is hinting at her later line about her going after free will. Maybe, Maybe he's putting her on like a goose hunt sort of thing. Like maybe he's sending her to someone and says like, this is who, maybe that's what he did. She did was like, she gave her information like, Hey, here's the, here's who it actually is, but it's not really. And maybe, I don't know, maybe she's going on a goose hunt, but she goes off. Great. Like I said, great work from her at this point. I was pleased. I was like, okay, I like Renslayer now. I've seen her as a, I took that as a full character arc in a sense. Like we've seen her as the judge. We've seen her be kind of mean and evil, really nice. And now we get to see her be incredibly upset. And so, yeah, at the end of that conversation, again, Mobius tries to take her down, obviously can't. And he says, where are you going to go? And she says, in search of free will. Did you kind of get those same vibes when you were watching or did you think of anything else? Um, yeah, I definitely thought whatever it was kind of would, was kind of putting her on the path to be the version that she is in the comics of like the lover of Kang and like related. And I think there's there she has some other alter ego, I believe. Um, I don't know it off the top of my head, but she I think she like transforms or something into something else in the comics or something. Um, so I was um, yeah, I thought that whatever Miss Minutes gave her was kind of more setting her on the path of being this person to Kang, kind of like how she is in the comics. Cause she's, she's the one who's in her speech to Mobius is like, she's like, devo- like, she's the one who's like, she's all bought in on this. Like she, she knows that this all means something that like you, like the, even if she didn't know that it was he who uh, remains and like why he was doing everything to prevent the, like she knew that like the, all the chaos that would ensue. Like she's like, you can't have this free will because all of this chaos is like, she bought full, she was bought hard into that. So um, I would have let yeah, I, uh, he who remains survive basically. She would yeah, have been exactly. like, yo, hell yeah. yeah, I'll run the TVA. I'll keep this going. Like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, uh, yeah. So I don't, I, I don't think she's going after him but i feel like yeah whatever again i don't know much from the comics of what fully what her story and her involvement is but i feel like it's going more more because at at the beginning of the series uh her or the direct uh, director kate heron had said like this is kind of like this season was like her origin like pre what you see in the comics so i feel like we're kind of setting up for the adaption of that character more yeah so right now we've got um, i pulled it up uh, current alias is Terminatrix. That's but, it, yeah. The Terminatrix. Aliases yeah. are Nebula, Kang hyphen Nebula, uh, Temptress, Hecate, Kang the Conqueror. So I think there was a point where, right, she like assumed his role. And then also Rebecca Tormanet. So mm-hmm. that yeah. was an so alias. Whatever that, yeah, whatever that first one you said, I think. Terminatrix. I, 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 yeah, Terminatrix. Yeah, that I had read something that. Um, on some article or uh, with an Easter egg source or something like that, just saying like, oh, it's possible that she's going towards this this path of becoming Terminatrix or whatever. So Yeah, there's a sentence here I, I see on, on the whole, you know, explanation says now calling herself, uh, or it says she later took on another guise, that of Terminatrix to battle Kang himself. Kang sacrificed himself so that she could live. This was Avengers Annual 21. It says mm-hmm. now calling herself Terminatrix, Ravona put Kang in stasis and in order to keep his empire in order and safe from the council of cross time Kangs, possibly the council of reeds, 
uh, she mm-hmm. began posing as Kang. And uh, only yeah. beings aware of her deception were the anachronauts. So, uh, which is anachronistic, which they mention in the show. <laughs> so maybe something is coming from Yeah, that. something like that, maybe yeah. she's going to do something where she's, again, she's the one keeping up appearances for Kang in order to help the timeline. Honestly, who knows? All I know is uh, it confused me on the first watch, but on the second watch, I was like, this is definitely going to be an interesting story going forward mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, but then, yeah, we get back to the meat of this. And uh, again, just an insanely long conversation in Kang's office. And uh, I was here for it. I was very happy about it because I feel like a show like this, for somebody who says there's too much exposition, I would say, so you understood everything that happened in the show then? Like you didn't need anyone to tell you anything? Because by the end of it, I, I feel like there's a lot of season finales where people are like, I had no idea what just happened, like blah, blah, blah. Like this was what we wanted. We wanted somebody to sit down and say, here, let me show you what's been going on. And so we get that. He says, I've gone by many names. He says, I ruler, conqueror, he who remains a jerk, but it's not as simple as a name. He says uh, he's from the 31st century, a scientist who discovered universes stacked on top of each other, which I know I had mentioned in some of our spoiler chats, and I'll kind of, I'll talk about that when I'm done with this quote. But um, he said, other versions of Kang figure out that too. And uh, for a while there was peace. They shared technology, knowledge, uh, and during that moment, they the visual shows the TVA stuff. So it's sad. to me, that means that King created all of that. He created the reset charges, the weird computers, all of that. Not every version, though, was pure of heart. New lands mean new things to be conquered. Peace erupted into war. Each variant fighting to preserve the universe and annihilate to preserve their universe and annihilate the others. And in that moment, we actually got some cool Kang costumes in that. I liked that. Uh, the first variant encounter, uh, the first hit him, he encountered a creature created from the tears of reality, which was Eliath. Uh, and then he weaponized Eliath and ended the multiversal war. And now he just manages the flow of time to prevent any branches so that there are no more Kangs. I think this, again, kind of along with what I was looking at in the the beginning is I, I like this concept and it makes a lot of sense to me. I'll be curious. I don't think, cause I know, I know David was talking about it. I don't remember if I saw any notes from you, but the way that I see this is, I don't know if you, did you read my comments? I think I skimmed them. Yeah. A little bit. Okay. So like for, for the listeners out there, the way that I've kind of described the multiverse for Marvel is that I think they're pulling a lot from the comics and part of that being it's not the same as what the real world is because all of this in the real world is theoretical. So like there's no right answer, but the way that it seems that they're going is as an example, you've got Spider-Gwen, Miles Morales, and Peter Parker. All three of them are Spider-Men in their respective universes. Uh, so you've got the 616 universe. I don't know their names, but Miles's and then spider Gwen's all stacked on top of each other, almost like plates being stacked on top of each other. But then those plates get put in a tube and that tube is the sacred timeline. And so all of these plates, all of these universes are all moving in the same direction in all of those universes. It's Tuesday at 5 PM at the exact same time. But what happens is somebody steps on a rock, somebody does whatever is the weird thing that turns them into a variant, and then that branches off into a new timeline, thus creating sort of a new universe. Because 
if, it, if it's allowed to grow, all of these timelines can just start branching out and there'd be a ton. And I think this kind of came from people saying, well, they, they keep throwing these words around like multiverse, universe, timeline. What's the difference? I think the timeline is it's a singular thing that can be manipulated by some and can be created. But I don't think there's multiple timelines in the same universe. Uh, yeah, I think I think I would agree with with that. Uh, with that description of it. And that's kind of, I think what I had said last week, like you, you use plates. I used like just holding a, a bunch of spaghetti, you know, as, like yeah, and that's per- yeah. yeah. The, yeah. I, I'd kind yeah. of pictured so- it as like, uh, I don't know what the, the device is, but it's almost like black widows, uh, uh, widow bite gauntlets where it's like uh-huh. just a bunch of like spaghetti string moving yep. in a direction through a tube in a sense, they're mm-hmm. all moving in the same direction. And like you, you said it brilliantly of like, if you let those strings start more spaghetti starts growing out of the sides and all this, like it's going to turn into an absolute mess, even though you're promoting free will, which is we're, we're going to get to that here very shortly, but that's is a fascinating conversation. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with your uh, description and how you were viewing all of it that, that, yeah, like I think it's like in, you can't, yeah, it's, you're going to have multiple multiverses like on top of each other with everything moving in, in the same direction of time. And so if you're hopping, if you're hot, so that's, and that's kind of what Endgame more or less did was they were hop, they, they moved from their universe to another, the, the one where Loki, where this Loki is coming from and they just, but they just moved down the time stream of it in like, yeah. So they just moved down the time stream of that and whatnot. And the same when they went to Asgard and everything like that, you know, so they were going to different things and they were just, then they happened to manipulate on that pipe as well. Right. So like in where, that where example, they landed, that's, yeah. that's different timelines within one universe that they would have been going through. It would, if they would have gone to a separate right. universe where classic Loki is from, that would have been a they would have probably they probably wouldn't have been able to do that because i i feel like there's there would be a quantum realm in every one of those universes so when they're going down into the right. quantum realm they're not coming out in a different universe they're coming out in same universe different time but when loki hits it he creates a brand new timeline he doesn't create a brand new universe he just creates a new timeline within mm-hmm. that universe that has to be clipped otherwise it could turn into a brand new universe at some point in time and sure uh, but yeah, so he 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 says all of this. This this whole part is we're, we're going to get to. It's it's funny that uh, I've seen a lot of people talking about this, and I, I'm wondering if they got it from the same way that I did. That this felt very Will, Willy Wonka, uh, very Charlie and the Chocolate Factory uh, in Kang. But the reason I thought so, and and again, if they thought great, was like he's basically like when Charlie's at the very end of the movie and he's like, all right, you know, this is all yours now, and it's like you were never expecting that to be the ending, but. Um, but so he says, uh, he says, you may hate the dictator, but something way worse will fill that void if you depose him. And he says, this is, and, and they're like, well, why are you doing this? Blah, blah, blah. And he says, this is a game for the young, the hungry. And he taught, he, the way he describes it again, seems like he's been around for thousands upon thousands of years, which is, you know, right on par with Kang and for someone calling themselves he who remains like, He's probably been around forever. He says it's not, this whole thing is not personal. It's just practical. Uh, He says, we're all villains here. Uh, You have a chance to do horrible things for a good reason. And then, which is, I'm getting chills just about to talk about, but he says, we just crossed the threshold. And he basically is giving them the ultimatum or the choice of either killing him 
and allowing this timeline to have free will and go whatever direction it wants and bring about a new war or take over the TVA for him, run the TVA and prevent it from happening. It's a true, I believe that's called a Hobson's choice where neither you know, choice is a good choice, but it's a fascinating conversation because they, they say, uh, you know, you're going to sit there with all of that freedom and let us decide your fate. And he's like, uh, yeah, either you take over my life's work or he says, if you take over my life's work continues or an infinite amount of me start another war and I end up right back where I started here anyways. Mm-hmm. Reincarnation, baby. I love that because I, 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 you know, your, your brain again struggles to wrap its mind around it. But it's like, yeah, one of those kings would be the same king that he is because that timeline still exists where he's a scientist in the 31st century and he would be a part mm-hmm. of it and, and he would hit his variant point and come back. But So we get to this, uh, this crossing the threshold and uh, he felt, or at least when he says that, you start hearing some like explosions, in a sense, a weird type of explosion sound in the background from the timelines. I love this bit. Um, were you confused at all about this bit? Because when I, I got it, I loved it because I was like, this is him. He has prepared everything up to now. And now he's done. Like he, he doesn't know what else is he's dropping the thing to prove to himself that like, he has no, he doesn't know what's going to happen next. But, uh, I, 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 did you interpret it any other way? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I was slightly confused on like what made them cross the threshold. Like if it was loki and sylvie being in front of him or something like i like he, he oh, said he knew he like, that, and that yeah. might have been what i saw and i think the reason yeah. it is when it is it's right after he gives gives them the choice or he tells them what he wants so i think it's it's basically uh-huh. like he has laid out what he wants what the final piece of his plan was and now that it's in loki and sylvie's lap to make the decision he no longer has like that's it basically that's what i took it as was like he is okay. literally handing the keys over to them in that moment they're they're in charge of the tva and and they're, or they're not but it's their choice now so it's no longer mm-hmm. his and he he can't do anything about it so it was like the final piece almost like handing over the keys of a house to somebody that was the that was that point got it yeah i mean except for like yeah figuring out like what the the threshold was like crossing like I, I got the whole concept of it and everything and I really I did enjoy it but yeah that one piece of like it wasn't super clear to me on either of my watches so far that um like like what why are we crossing over the to the threshold but I, would, I, I almost yeah. think about it from a cognitive decision because when he like watch when he says we've like you watch his face listen for that sound in the background when the, the timelines start moving because i feel like it's during that moment is when loki and sylvie like you can almost feel it of them being like we have to make a decision and so up until that point they had no idea what they were supposed to be doing they just knew they needed to get to this point and so him putting that decision in their laps uh he doesn't and he doesn't forthright say like you need to choose right now it's just like it's that, mo- you know, I don't know what other movies or shows have done that, but it's like not an action that causes the timeline to break, but like a thought where it was, I'm trying to remember what movie that was, where it was like the guy just thought something different and then the timeline changes. And it's because it's like the minute that that just kicks into your head, the minute that bugs planted in your ear, that's when, that's kind of when it jumps mm. off. But what a, at this point, I mean, they're still in the office, but I, I was hanging on to every single word that he said like every movement he made every little twitch and whatever i was 
I just don't know where, like, where the hell has Jonathan Majors been my whole life? I mean, obviously he was phenomenal in Lovecraft Country and Defy of Bloods, if anyone has seen that. Uh, there was a couple of other things I think I saw him in too, but just so happy that he is in the MCU now. Agreed. Uh, so from there, we get to the, what I would call maybe the ending piece of it. Uh, at this point, I was a, I was like, oh, no way. Like, this is the end of this. Like, I, I had a feeling there'd be a second season anyway, but I was like, awesome. So second season is them running the TVA. I was like, that makes so much sense. That's so cool. And then, and then Sylvie opens her mouth and I was like, what? Oh no. I was like, they're going to go into do this. Like, will they, won't they? And I, all I got to say is I'm so pleased with the path that they chose because it felt like in so many moments they could have just gone the easy route. And so we get this amazing magic fight where we get to see all kinds of cool magic. Loki gets to use his, what now I'm feeling like is telekinesis. When he pulls Sylvie back, he pulls the chair back. Uh, uh, I'm suggesting we think about it was a line that I saw in there, which was actually something that he says in Thor as well, way back when to, uh, I think it was to Thor. Uh, But Mm -hmm. Sylvie, I love this though. Despite me being annoyed with her, like I loved seeing her crack. I loved seeing her break and be completely blinded by this fantastic opportunity in front of her to finally get revenge. Uh, but in that moment, I was like, I'm uh, maybe I'll change my mind, but I was like, I'm team Loki. Like, why is Sylvie so like, she's lost it. She's going crazy. But I think it is so in line with her character that she, it, it's a testament to the show because you forget that Loki, she's been doing this for years and years and years. And we have only seen her for like 12 hours. So it's like to expect her to just be like, yeah, I'm going to change everything about myself in the next 12 hours. Like, cool. That, I, I, that made sense to me. Uh, but that conversation that they have where he says, you know, the cost of getting this wrong is too great. Uh, and then gets to the point of saying, all I know is I don't want to hurt you. I don't want a throne. I just want you to be okay. And that was amazing. The music in this point, sound, or at, when they kiss, the music sounded exactly like from the mummy. Uh, so I don't know if that, maybe that's an Alan Silvestri thing, but uh, she says, but I'm not you. And then pushes him through a door. Uh, I'm, I'm putting this all in here at this point. I want to hear all your thoughts on this. So what did you think about the low, the fight, the conversation, the kiss, the, the, the exit? What about it? Yeah. I mean, I thought uh, the line that you didn't mention was a great was uh, him saying uh, Sylvie can't trust and um Loki can't be trusted you know and so that kind of encapsulated the whole moment of like yeah like she's sitting there listening to all this this stuff and she's just like immediately like he's lying like he's just like lying to us because like she she can't allow herself to trust anything or anyone whereas Loki has gone through some stuff now and he's like at the point where he can be like okay let's think about this for a little bit and then he even said the the thing too of like he was lying at one point of like, why would you want to give up the TVA? Cause it's like all this power, like you, you don't want to give that up or whatever. And then that's when um, he remains says like, you have two options. It's like, it's a young man's game and you either kill me or whatever. Um, so yeah, he's like, he's contemplating all this and he's like, Oh, it's, it definitely is sounding like we're going to be in a much worse state if we kill him versus uh, uh taking over the TVA, you know? So, um, but yeah, but Sylvie is just blinded by this desire to get revenge and to end 
the person who she deemed is the one who like ruined her life, you know, of like with his mandates and everything like that. And then, yeah, the fight was, uh, was really great. Uh, we got some, uh, uh, magic and Loki powers happening, which was good. And then it was, uh, uh, I would like the, um, him appearing after the slow motion shot of like yeah. stepping in and like, that was a really cool, cool, cool moment and stuff. And, um, yeah. And then I was like, I was glad to an extent that they finally like realized that they had feelings for each other or whatever with their kiss, you know, and they had their kiss, which is great. And then she just goes and betrays him. So classic Loki. I yeah. Mean- what more were you yeah. going to expect from that? Well, yeah, I did. I love that. The, uh, and the kiss was great too. I, I liked that Sylvie was the one that kissed him because mm-hmm. I feel like in all of the episodes, it was Loki who was like the yeah. one being like, not, not that he was into her, but just like, he's the one showing the affection, most, showing the yeah. affection, all of that sort of thing. And so for her to be the one to kind of return it in a big way, I thought was perfect, perfectly in line with her character, especially for her to end it with, you know, bye see ya and then <laughs> kicks him out and then now she's alone with with the uh, he who remains and now it's she who remains with he who remains and so they're there <laughs> he's sitting on his chair and she i love this and like i said when i first saw it i was just so frustrated because i was like i just had in my head like loki and sylvie together forever and always uh running the tva going on missions but then i kept thinking to myself like this is and i i think david was the one who mentioned this first of like you know the, the tva has got to go the same way that the uh uh the hydra that shield had to go and it was like yeah you know what it only really made sense this way but at the same time too this is like a totally rick and morty type of ending of like not taking the easy way out of okay now you know storytelling can be the same like this is again testament to Marvel for being like actually let's just go the craziest route we can go no matter what we want to open up this multiverse and so she stabs him his last words are see you soon and I I, I said I'll see you real uh, yeah see you soon like mm-hmm. oh my and that reminded me almost of Black Widow saying see you in a minute but uh god that just the, he, no fear she's like aren't you going to beg and he didn't even beg he was just like oh uh no and then she i mean she doesn't even make a big deal out of it either she just stabs him and then he's done the timeline really starts going and she squats down on the stairs and she's like just like any other person is she's like why do i not feel better and it's like uh, (laughs) because murder is not the answer but uh what a perfect sort of i guess ending in that respect we then get my like i said honestly probably one of my favorite things ever in all of the mcu of just you get this zoom out of the timeline. You see all of the branches start to crackle and form in this beautiful starry sky. You get a wide shot then of the Citadel and there's these beautiful blues and pinks and purples. And I just, it, it's unbelievable. Like so beautiful. My eyes were, I think I said I was frothing at the mouth, but my (laughs) eyes were just, they were satisfied. I was more, this was like Thanksgiving for my eyes. I, uh, I I loved it. And then from there, that, we get the complete red line. We see the in the TVA, the timeline has literally exploded way worse than Sylvie did. Uh, it's gone. There are branches growing off of the branches, and there are branches merging into each other. And, and I noticed something, too, that I really liked. And I don't know if maybe they got to it this way, but, like, it wasn't it Frigga's theme that was always playing with Loki, the, the violins. You know, when he's like uh, super sad and he's thinking about home. Yeah. Is that Frigga's like that. Yeah, theme or is that it, just for, it, for the show? 
it could just be i think it was just it was the show theme i think okay because yeah, i was yeah, i was start, I, I was so, like yeah. wow they're really turning frigga's theme into loki's theme like i really felt like that was the loki theme this sort of like sad but beautiful violin mm-hmm. music and uh so we get into the tva where we get back to where loki is and he's sitting down he's super sad but i love this he he, he kind of looks up and you can kind of hear him go like, I'm going to do something about this. Like, I can't just sit mm-hmm. around. I'm going to actually act, which just goes more to show his transition into becoming a hero. Uh, but no turning back now. Oh, so we then get, we see, uh, we see Ravona or not Ravona, sorry, B-15 and Mobius are staring at this timeline. And mm-hmm. they said, no turning back now. Who said anything about turning back for all time, always. And then we find out that Lo- that's not even where Loki is. Loki's in a completely right. different TVA. Uh, a TVA that says they have 63 new branches in this unit alone. Uh, does he want it? Does he want us to just let it all branch is what B15 says. And uh, I did notice, and I obviously we already knew this, but the Mobius that's staring at the screen, his ties all loose and his all buttons are all done. This Mobius, everything looks good on him. So they definitely are different Mobiuses and we get a Kang statue in the end. So yep. uh, with all of that said, I've got some questions for you. So what what do you think all of that means i have some theories of my for myself but i, I want to know what you think about this this ending where is loki being positioned and then what did you think of of uh how the death of he who remains um i guess let's start with the death because that's yeah. that kind of happened first so uh yeah i mean i i i think you covered most of it it was yeah it was such a great line of jonathan majors just being like see you real soon or whatever just like like you said, like what we were saying earlier, like either way, whatever it was going to work out for him, because either his life work was going to be continued or it would create the new multiverse and a version of him would come back anyway, right. you know? So like, so it's working out for him no matter what. And so like, yeah. And so in that moment, I felt more of Sylvie had a little bit of like, oh, killing him didn't really help, but also kind of like, oh, oh man uh loki was right like what did i do like what's happening now you know um yeah and then so for the ending um yeah it was definitely i thought initially that it that like something maybe had the he remains had changed something about the tva in terms of like like had rewritten something to make it so that it was just the single statue versus the the three or whatever so he didn't uh so he wasn't building up that dogma that he was uh talking about uh back in his little demonstration of creating of saying oh there were these three timekeepers and whatnot but then yeah after learning uh reading up afterwards or whatever like seeing that it was a separate a whole separate timeline which introduces so many different questions of like how did obviously the temp pad that he remains i feel right. like it's a circular one and obviously seem can probably do so much more so sylvie probably was just thinking to go to the tba but somehow it ended up being a, a totally different one which i guess thinking about it is and then seeing this the single statue of like the classic king did was that tba Obviously, by the time he, uh, Loki gets thrown into that uh, the the portal, the multiverse is starting to branch a little bit. So, was this other TVA existing alongside the one that he had went had gone to, 
or was this somehow the creation of there now being the multiverse and then thus a single king decided to this king decided instead of he remains to create a, an organization to handle some of this multiversal stuff and then thus created whatever it is inside whatever pocket or whatever you know so like again concepts that's like it's hard to like figure out you know and like wrap your head around but but thinking about it in terms of it's a yeah it's a, di a totally different tva it looks very similar but it's it's not the one that loki knows and obviously because it's not the mobius or b15 that have exp had experiences with him and now are considered probably his allies who would know what to do and help him and stuff so yeah that was a whole big ending that was just it was big like what like what's going on like what is this and, and seeing the statue was just like oh my god there's kang you know and but then after that and reading that it was like oh it's actually good a uh, whole total yeah and then when mobius is saying initially you're like oh okay mobius is with him he's figuring it out but then he's like you're an analyst right like where do you work like what division and you're like oh wait oh my so that's why i didn't know if like some sort of like resetting it was happening or like what you know but yeah it was uh it definitely has set up so many possibilities or different avenues of what could happen yeah if i the way that i had looked at it and I, it's hard too because i'm looking with with not considering the kang statue at all we had mm -hmm. talked about in a really an episode it was like episode two or three that there were i'd made a joke that there were a million mobiuses and the reason that i made that joke was because when they when he shows loki the tva and it's just this vast area of whatnot and we i we probably even talk i think i've talked about it in every episode mm -hmm. of like how is how is every choice in the entire multiverse being handled by one judge and her analyst? Like, there's got to be more judges in different precincts all along in the TVA. And so not considering the King statue, that's what I would have assumed it was, was that he just got sent to a different unit in the TVA because he says 63 branches in this unit. So I was assuming... Oh, okay. Like this is one unit that's dealing with some of the timeline. There's another unit that deals with, you know, the MCU. One unit deals with classic Loki's, you know, unit, whatever that ends up being. But when you put that Kang statue in there, that doesn't make sense because it should be the same uh, timekeepers in all of the TVA. So mm -hmm. when you look at that and then maybe think of like time working differently in the TVA, did Kang already go back? Because he, and she even says, B15, she says, does he want us to let it all branch? Is that referring to the judge and it's a male judge? Or is that referring to Kang? That in this universe, Kang is, and, and maybe that's what it is, right? That like, oh, you know, he who remains has been killed. Time to put my plan into action. Reverses something in the timeline where now Kang is the one in charge, not hiding himself. So they all know that he is the one in charge and running everything again it could be anything but like i said it like you said too it's very hard to wrap your mind around this like yeah. i i'm i've never been happier with that in terms of finale like I, i'll think about that until season two and i know it'll be the wrong answer like i have no idea where they're gonna go with this and i'm so happy about that so um and that's the episode it just kind of ends and i love that it just ends right on that cliffhanger we get no after credit scenes uh, honestly, the 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 tag of there being a season two didn't do anything for me besides getting a cheer of, great, we're getting a season two. When is that coming? Uh, mm -hmm. I was just hoping. But you know, at the end of at end of the day, this whole episode felt like a post credit scene in a sense. Like again, we got some big reveals. We've got a villain who uh, is on par, if not beyond Thanos. 
that is coming at some point. And I love that the person we got in this show isn't, isn't around anymore, right? Like we got to see Jonathan majors as he who remains in the show. We're never going to, that's a first, right? Like that's a huge first appearance, mm-hmm. even though now we know that we're going to get about a hundred other Jonathan majors in other shows, <laughs> which is fine. Bring it on. Um, so with that in mind though, like I said, let's touch a little bit about the series, the season as a whole, uh, kind of maybe, like I said, a little bit where it compares with it. Um, I'll, I'll let you start and then I'll, I'll kind of wrap up if you've got some thoughts. Yeah, I definitely thought this was uh, by far the best of the three Disney Plus series we've gotten so far from Marvel Studios. I, I think they, what they did in terms of, they, they structured it very much, which was enjoyable, like as a TV series, which I very much enjoyed, which compared to the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, uh, which they all, everybody involved with that was saying it's a six hour movies, like, or it's a, a, a two hour movies split across uh, six episodes or whatever. Or however they, yeah. they, they worded it as like, it was a film chopped up, which I definitely, uh, during and now looking back on it can definitely tell that. And it, brought some of the enjoyment down for me but i um i loved uh all of the the various designs so the the production design the cinematography the uh the score which everybody like i think this is probably one of my favorite mcu scores like ever it's definitely my favorite of the the disney plus series um and i just i i like that it seemed like they were truly building uh major stakes to hit and we're trying to execute those like the introduction of he who remains is huge and the fact that it's definitely springboarding off into other things like we knew potentially there were going to be ties to the dr strange sequel maybe um spider-man no way home uh but now this is fully confirmed also with ant-man uh and the wasp quantumania so there was a lot that it did while still telling a story about loki um, the ending, I, I will say a little bit with the, all the exposition, like maybe they could have done a little bit of less less of that and like added some more Loki specific things potentially. But it's still, I still felt it was a satisfying conclusion to this chapter of the story. And but that's what, ma- what made it good of confirming there was a season two yes. at, right at the end. Was a lot of people probably would not have looked at this as a satisfying conclusion to a series because Absolutely. it very much did not it very much was not a good conclusion for Loki, the character, but it was for this chapter of his story. So yeah, I, I very much enjoyed it. And I, I thought what it did as well as WandaVision, they used the the stream, the television slash streaming medium to their advantage and were able to tell some unique and different stories. Whereas um, I feel any other project that might be like Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I hope they see what these two did and make them slightly more in those veins versus what Falcon, because Falcon and the Winter Soldier to me personally was, if thinking about it, it's just like, it's, it's your standard Marvel. Like it's like, I, I enjoyed many aspect individual aspects or points within the series. They had some great stuff in there, but overall you're just thinking about it. It's like, Oh, this is just your stand to me. At least it felt like yeah. this is your standard Marvel Marvel fair as what some people complain of like, oh, they're all the same or whatever. Like I would classify that series as a fully Marvel thing. Whereas WandaVision was a totally different animal and Loki was a totally different animal. So I feel if those quote unquote 
grounded earth based uh mcu properties or whatever can pull a little bit from what wandavision and loki were able to do i think it'll make these series really great and yeah if falcon and winter soldier had a little bit of that i think i would have enjoyed probably i would be like oh these three are all on equal footing right now you know but um for for the moment i would definitely say loki and some of wandavision are probably up at the top then the rest of wandavision and then falcon and winter soldier for me yeah yeah well said i honestly i would say the exact same in that regard um loki and i I, i'm gonna take the easy way out in this loki is my favorite season of marvel shows WandaVision is my favorite miniseries of the, the Marvel show, so I can ha- I can have my cake and eat it too. But if I'm sure. going to put a a magic bullet up to my head, I would say Loki, just because, like I said, the things that they accomplished in this and the implications of it being of, of what it did. Like this is the fir- this is the first time since Endgame really that there's been a consequence of this magnitude at the end of a film and, and, you know, mm-hmm. infinity war in the same vein, really all the Avengers movies, this is like an Avengers level of, of consequence at the end of it. Wanda's is big, no doubt, but like Wanda is one piece of what was just revealed now in this last mm-hmm. episode. So um, yeah, I share that same sentiment with uh, Falcon and winter soldier. I know that show is great and I know that I love it, but it really does feel like like the Black Widow movie or like Captain America Winter Soldier, where it's like, mm-hmm. if that's what you like watching, awesome. Like, this is a great right. thing. And I love watching that stuff. But what, what I am here for and why I am a Marvel fan is for the that out-of-this-world, multiversal type of stuff. The sort of things that you can only do in a comic book, which, again, you know, Falcon and Winter Soldier go watch any other action movie. Like they're basically the same. The only difference is the Marvel, in my opinion, you know, the Marvel one's better. Like it's going to be better. Mm -hmm. But when you compare it to Loki, like there's no, I mean, you put Loki up against literally anybody in that show and he would win like just in a, from a fight standpoint, but yeah, the soundtrack stood out obviously different than WandaVisions. And and that's, again, you can't even compare those two because they're so completely different, but uh, much more memorable than Henry Jackman's score. No offense to him. I, I liked a couple of the songs from that show. Um, but yeah, I like I said, I think this is, and when you think about it in this way too, of like, you know, they did, they were very trepidatious about anything with Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Like we did not get a season two tag at the end of the series. We did not get, you know, anything except now with the Emmys saying that it's a, it's a season or whatever, that it's a show, which great. If they're going to make another se- season, I'm here for it. That's awesome. But the confidence that Loki has in terms of like, mm-hmm. yup, we're getting one. When you think about all of that and you think about like the first season of The Office, the first season of Parks and Rec, the first season of almost any show. There's there's a lot of duds in the, that first season. There's a lot of finding your footing. Most of these shows they don't really start their their roller coaster ticking up until season two. This is probably the most incredible first season of a show that I've ever seen because they went balls to the wall the entire time. Every episode was how can we up the ante with it still making sense within the universe. And every every episode almost felt like it ended in a big reveal. I'm trying to remember. The first one was that the variant was Loki. The second one was no, that. The first, yep. The yep, second yep. was the variant was a female. Sophie, the third yep. was that they're not going to get off Lamentis. The mm-hmm. fourth was that Loki got pruned. The fifth was defeating Elioth. 
And then the sixth was the multiverse has been created or, or has been allowed to become a multiverse has been freed. And what a, give me any other show that you can say did those things all in one season in a season of six episodes as well. Like the feat of this, I think is going to go underappreciated. Unfortunately, I hope not, but I'm, I'm specifically talking about the Emmys and uh, I, it sounds like it'll probably be eligible for the golden globes this year or next year's Golden Globes. Mm-hmm. It'll be a while then before it gets even touched for the Emmys. But It'll be about a year. Yeah, and so you know, I, worth the wait, in my opinion. I think, I hope, uh, my guess would be we're going to get some shout-outs for the score, for the production design, for the cinematography, probably a couple of episodes, that last one. Based on uh, their generosity with, uh, uh, what's his face, uh, Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle, yeah. <laughs> uh, Jonathan Majors will. That's that's my big take on yeah. this is he's going to get a cameo nomination from the Emmys for Same being. Same with probably that. probably Richard E. Grant as well. And Richard E. Grant, movie. yes, both of yeah. them, hundred percent. But yeah, so uh, fantastic, great. Uh, in terms of season two, uh, my initial thought was just like any other show that season two would premiere just when season one premiered, which would be next year in, in uh, June, which is perfect timing because it's right after Dr. Strange and you got Spider-Man also at the same time, kind of getting some time out. But I liked your thought about maybe it would come out a little bit before then. Um, I, I think you mentioned that, or maybe I read that somewhere of like, maybe it would come before Dr. Strange. Honestly, I don't, I don't buy any of that. I think if at the earliest it would be, we'd be getting it a year from now in June. What do you think about that? I mean, I, uh, so I, when it was back rumored and whatever, like one of the first pieces of information that came out was that, oh, a second season was going to be starting starting production in January of 2022. So, but who knows if that's, the, so, so yeah, we're definitely not getting this, but, and I think, well, we have some of the later, the, the upcoming Disney Plus series, but this, this production was split between, with the COVID, um, uh sure, pandemic yeah. so so they started for a little bit at the beginning of the year then they came back in september and they went into like december or whatever so um yeah i think it was uh uh yeah because the first clip was around this we got it in the super bowl spot it was like the one thing of him in the tva garb and that was they had just started filming so that was around let's say end of january to march so that's about let's call for sake of argument about a month then september to october so yeah, they're about like three to four months, maybe five months of filming, you know? So um, if they go straight through. So yeah, I wouldn't expect this until maybe late 2022 or mm. early 2023. And may and if anything, and if it is in those, it might be more of a before Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, which is February of 2023. So, um, or it could be after all, or they could film it and save it and keep it for after Ant-Man or, or it could be into go into phase five or something, you know, like who, who knows, you know, so it's, uh, I do hope it comes sooner than later, but um, honestly, yeah, I think until some more uh, reports come out of what's happening, I think it's kind of, it's kind of, it's not an immediate thing. Like we're not going to be, right. they're not going to be like, oh, hey, Loki season two is coming November this year. You know, it's like, it's not going to be something like that because um, they got to start filming it. So um hopefully they'll start at the end of this year and not early next year. That would be great. But um, yeah, who knows? It's going to, it'll be, it's going to be interesting. 
all I know is just based on what clearly is becoming a necessary show or necessary kind of spot in the MCU. Uh, I would imagine it's going to be sooner than later because with, with what's going to happen in Spider-Man and Dr. Strange, like how long are they willing to go after what they revealed at the end of this? Like, okay, is, is it going to, like you said, is it going to pick up right after uh, these events and you know the net literally the first scene is loki still talking to mobius and the thing if so what happens in the multiverse of madness like what did dr strange see because according to that it's been what 10 15 minutes since the timeline has been freed so yeah. like there there's some things i think some lines they'll probably need to walk i could see it where maybe in both of those it's like uh you know oh here comes the the multiverse it's opening we don't really know what to do like cool because the the thing i think people are forgetting is yeah it's a serious thing what happened but it's not like an immediate problem like for the most part if he's been pruning timelines everyone is going to be and obviously it's showing it theatrically that they're all breaking apart but like there's really not that many variants that are going to be you know worlds being created immediately like it's Mm going to be a slow process and i'm sure they'll use that to their advantage of like it's it's very slow you know oh spider-man can jump in between the multiverses and maybe the tva doesn't show up because they're too busy doing it like that sort of thing makes sense but i would expect maybe at the end of those movies there being something in both of them about like hinting at loki basically hinting at what's about to happen in loki or hinting at king because again like why would you release season two after quantum mania like there's that many different shows about the multiverse coming and and loki is the one who kind of freed the multiverse in a sense or sylvie technically is but um that's basically loki so um very interested to see where that goes like i said i'm just grateful that this is what we got i mean this this show WandaVision 2, but this isn't a WandaVision episode. This show is the definition of what we wanted and what we got mm-hmm. from it. Like the the uh, Disney and Kevin Feige saying that like these are important. These are going to be cinematic in scale. They're going to feel like a movie and they're going to be interconnected. Like this felt like that 100%. And again, WandaVision totally did too. And so did Falcon. But like th- those repercussions at the end of this, I think really stand out in, in terms of just lasting consequences for the mcu yeah agreed uh yeah a a quick point just on what you were saying about like speaking of for spider-man and dr strange what what's interesting about also and how the branch is like that's not like an immediate threat like it's going to be interesting to find out because loki the series is existing sort of like outside the timeline and it's all weird because it it's after the events of Endgame in 2012, so it's all it's like where like where's when the point is is when is this gonna when is the multiverse breaking open gonna be like revealed to the MC the MCU proper heroes Great you know point. so like yeah. like so like so we've had uh, Endgame and then the timeline at least is Endgame <clears throat> then th- like three weeks after is WandaVision then uh, a couple months after that is Falcon Winter Soldier then slightly more after that is uh, Far From Home. So that's currently like the very, very end. And in theory, No Way Home, <coughs> excuse me, is going to be after Far From Home, like maybe a couple months. Right. So like if that's going to deal with any part of the multiverse that ha- happened in Loki, like did do when, I guess the question is like, when does Doctor Strange realize that stuff is going haywire? Is it like is right. it that time between Far From Home? Or so like whenever we've just seen this is technically, you know, so that's an interesting thing to consider for all of that and whatnot. And I definitely agree with you that 
we might get more pieces of the stepping stone of this Kane storyline in uh, Far From Home and the multiverse. Like there are going to be their own stories dealing with these, but I think the the Kane the Kane stepping stones are will be hit, and then maybe something else even in between. Because yeah, from Doctor Strange in may of next year to ant-man in february of 2023 that's like that's a long time so there's got there's got to be something else maybe that we don't know about between those two that might be another stone in this in this path that oh you know what i got i gotta call this out robert had told me and i think we've talked about this too of that in thor love and thunder that's where Mm -hmm. jane comes from or what would be interesting is she's a Uh variant from another universe because like how else would she have a mjolnir how else with all that stuff so like i to me i I feel like and i I, maybe i I don't think i mentioned on this one yet but that's i guess we can close on this is this Mm -hmm. show really proved now that the possibilities for marvel are endless Mm -hmm. they can now make any movie that they want they can make it any length they want i'm here for that but they can also make it with any actor they want if Robert Robert Downey Jr.'s done, cool. Let's pull in Iron Man from Earth six five nine, where he's, you know, he's African American. Cool, awesome. We've got a brand new actor who's playing it. And now this person can be in the MCU for sixty years as an actor. Same thing mm-hmm. with Jane Foster, with the X Men, with the Fantastic. Literally, whatever yep. you want. I, I mean, as for Chadwick Boseman for Black Panther, here comes a Black Panther from a different universe. Like any show now, Loki has set the stage for it totally making sense to where any other movie studio tries to pull this and it literally looks like when uh volstag showed up as punisher in punisher warzone after thomas jane was and it's like what the hell but now you could be like no 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 they're actually from different universes and that's a variant and you'd go oh cool that's awesome i love the mcu so they have positioned themselves in such a sweet spot right now and i know as this finale goes i'd listened to an interview kevin feige did on the disney it was like a disney podcast and he was talking about it uh it just sounds like i think at this point he's going to be sitting in his chair and, and hopefully smoking a cigar and, and going you know what we're in a perfect spot right now we can do whatever we want and uh so we're just again so happy that this is here and uh kevin thank you so much for coming on and, and discussing this as this last episode i really appreciate it Thank you, Alex. I'm uh, glad I could be back on to uh, talk some more Loki. And uh, yeah, we definitely have a, a lot to look forward to in with the coming projects. And uh, definitely, and it, we didn't even mention, but with uh, what if coming up in a couple of weeks, that definitely, like, it definitely seems like if yeah. they wanted to have a narrative reason within the, the season to be, why are we exploring all these different things? It's, oh, because Loki just opened up the multiverse to us. So uh, okay. yeah, very, very excited to see what this first in about a month's time what this first episode of what if is going to look like and be yeah it's going to be awesome so for all of us here at comics and cinema thank you guys so much for listening i'm your host alex klein and we will see you in the multiverse